Good afternoon, Kate. How are you? I'm good, Jason. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Yes. Thanks for being here, Kate. I'm really glad we're making this happen. Um, Kate is, for the audience, Kate is an interesting person for me because we met through uh, Lunch Club, which I've talked about on the podcast before. Some people, I've, there's a few guests I've had on for the Lunch Club. We had a really fun meeting and I'm like, hey, would you want to be in my podcast? And I think you're all going to understand why shortly, not only are you a wonderful human being, but like you're doing some really fucking cool stuff. So um, I'm like, I want to talk to you about this on a podcast where the audience can hear about it. And so Kate and I, we kind of know each other, but not really. So this is going to be a conversation that's going to be, we're both going to learn a lot about each other throughout this. So Kate, thanks so much for being on today and love you to introduce yourself to the audience, where you are in the world, and just a little bit about yourself to kick us off. Yeah. Hi. Well, thank you for that intro. I'm excited to be an interesting person. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm grateful to be here. Uh, my personal story, I grew up in Connecticut, went to college in Connecticut, and moved to New York City. I've basically lived in a 45-mile bubble my entire life until... Mm. COVID hit. And um, at the time I was working for the Tribeca Film Festival. I was director of partnerships for them and focusing on experiential. And with the festival not happening and clients not coming in, my job was eliminated, um, mm. which put me in a position of, you know, I was okay for a while. I got a nice little severance, but um, you know, I left the city in April thinking I'd be back in June and, you know, we'd be back to business. Um, that's not happened. Um, I, I, uh, I actually gave my apartment to a nurse. It was a friend of a friend. She lived there. And then in June, when it became painfully clear that I, the city was just not, not what it was. Um, I'd made the tough decision to give up my apartment, um, without a next step identified. Um, so I have been a nomad for the last year. Um, I've lived in some cool places everywhere from Cape Cod to Montauk to Raleigh, um, staying with friends, staying with family. Um, I'm back on the Cape now. My father actually has Alzheimer's, so I'm mm -hmm. here helping out and having this time spending with him or to, to spend with him has been just such a gift. Um, and I, I, I look at it that way and coincidentally, um, or, just miraculously, um, one of my old clients from Tribeca saw that I was available. He is launching or he's um, producing a film about Lily Ledbetter. Uh, and mm -hmm. for those who don't know who Lily Ledbetter is, she is the namesake of the Lily Ledbetter Fair Pay Restoration Act, which was the first piece of legislation Obama signed into law. Mm -hmm. Her course against Goodyear um, was a gargantuan task. She found out that she was being paid 40% less than the men. Um, over a 20 year uh, tenure there. And she decided to, to, to take the, take this to court. And um, ultimately she went to the Supreme court where due to a technicality in the law, uh, she lost her case and RBG came in hot. And actually <laughs> one of her most important um, dissents and prominent dissents was on the Lily Ledbetter Fair Pay Act. And she inspired and encouraged to Lily, Lily to keep going. And she, she put it on Congress to change the law. And Obama saw that this was a law that needed to be changed. And so he, he made that happen. And Beautiful. we, as women and marginalized individuals, owe her a debt of gratitude. So her story is coming to the big screen. Um, hopefully, it might be streaming. We're still in the process of pre-production. Um, yeah. If you want to learn more about the film, we can tell you about that at the end. Um, but my executive producer, David, who had been working in Experiential at George P. Johnson for over 20 years, um, said, if we're going to tell this story, if we're going to disrupt and shake up culture like Hidden Figures did and Aaron Brockovich and Philadelphia and Spotlight and Norma Ray and so many incredible films that have the ability to affect the conversation. Why not meet it with a proactive social impact campaign? Mm -hmm. And I am senior vice president of the impact campaign, and I am working very closely with a group of incredible people to bring together for profits, nonprofits and individuals to say enough is enough in regard to women and fair pay. Um, so 
that's my little story in a, in a little <laughs> bit, but that's where I stand now. I'm yeah. still technically homeless, but <laughs> homeless in Cape Cod, not a terrible homeless place. In Cape to be God. Yeah. I just, I miss my own things. That's yes, my whole thing, course. but I've, I've, I've definitely, it's been a very interesting year. Um, and I think everybody has had an interesting year. Um, but I'm, you know, it's been, it's been, I, I feel like I will be a COVID success story in some regard. Um, but it obviously was awful for a lot of people. And I understand that. And I don't want to take away from that, but yeah. this forced pause, this forced kind of, you know, shock to the system, I mean, <laughs> has been, I think I'll look back on it and be great. Well, I'm, I'm grateful as it is now, but look yeah. back on it and say, okay, that was necessary. Well, I'm laughing, Kate, because you think we're going to wait till the end of the episode to talk more about the film. You're you're sadly mistaken. I'm sorry to tell you that. Because uh, it's my show, and I'm going to like. Yeah, I'm gonna well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you about it before the end of the episode. It's cool. So just it's preparing so cool you for that. Be, I know. I mean, but it's cool. It's cool to be working on a film. I never thought, yeah. in a, you know, obviously working at Tribeca, you're immersed in film, and you get such an, a solid look at like the process and meet the creators and all of the things um that go into putting the festival on um but never in a million years did i think i would make a move over to you know working um on a film um and you know helping to do the raise and learning about all the back end stuff and I'm, I'm getting a first a front you know a front row seat uh to what goes on but it's really exciting and um a great team so i'm excited about it that's awesome. Well, we're def- we're definitely going to talk more about this. So, I have some other questions before you be- before we do that. Mm-hmm. First one is, tell us about something that you nerd out about. Well, I I had a really hard time with this one, um, <laughs> you know, because I am like I love so many things. Like I can't say that I I, I nerd out on on any one thing. Um, I kind of like enjoy so much stuff. Um, right now I'm nerding out on like, you know, feminism and and equality. And, you know, I'm reading, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's in her own words. I'm reading Betty Friedan's The Feminine Mystique. Like I'm just really trying to be as immersed into this like world of equality and understanding like where we stand and how much we have to go. And so that's kind of taking a priority. Um, and I'm blurring the lines between work and, and my real life, but um, the last time I really nerded out was Game of Thrones. And I was mm-hmm. a, I was late to the party. Um, I have friends who like get dressed up and they go to watch Star Wars and they're like all into that stuff. And I'm just not um, usually. And so they would make fun of me. And then a friend of mine came to visit and she's like, oh, you have not watched Game of Thrones. We're watching it together. Um, and so I got, into it and I got really into it. I think I watched Game of Thrones front like the the series like three times before the last season came out. Wow. Um, yeah. It's a lot of hours of television. Point, it is a lot of hours of television, but I just would just go. Like I would just go and like it was a weekend and I wanted to just be introvert because I like living in New York City. Sometimes you just need to like stay in. Especially mm-hmm. if it was like crappy out or really cold. And you could get a lot done in that time, um, which is kind of sad, but it is my reality. Um, so that said, uh, yeah, to the point I, we had a, we had a, we had a full on like last season, um, trivia. Like we had to like guess who died, who was the, who, who killed the snow King, like who was King, like all these questions. And it's so crazy how much you forget and it's been such a limited amount of time but i feel like so much has happened since the season yes finale. yes um but i won i won like 350 dollars too because we all ponied up which was like they're like how That's did you cool win like, yeah it was a fun game it was a fun game we watched together i would make lemon cakes and like shepherd's pie like we made fun we made like a good like every sunday we came over and a good group of my new york friends who are all no longer except for one still in new york <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah that's cool we, we do that so yeah, yeah i would take game of thrones the last thing i like nerded out on it, I, it it's funny because you're like i don't really know what it's gonna be and then you're like oh wait we had like game of thrones night and had a betting pool around <laughs> it i would say that qualifies as nerding out on something my friends brought me to the dark side they did um, they did so now you're, but now you're incorporating a, a star wars analogy in here 
Well, yeah. I mean, they're so into Star Wars, like to the point when they found out I had not seen like all of them. I was, it was a forced watch um, where we sat mm. down, but we omitted, I think four five and no, wait, we omitted one, two and three probably. Yes. Yes. But yeah. they were filmed four five, six. Yes, um, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So we omitted them, but yes, my two of my best friends and um, their daughter is like my daughter. She, she's not <laughs> like my daughter, but she's like my niece. She is my niece. She's my, I'm, I'm auntie Kate or aunt Katie rather. Um, she was born on Star Wars Day and her middle name nice. is Violet, Violet Storm. Um, so, yeah, after Storm. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, it was also a stormy day when she was born. But, yeah, her there is an ode and a nod to the Star Wars. I love that. I um, love that. Anyway, yeah, she just celebrated her fifth birthday, which, gosh, nice. those, those kids just grow so quick. They do. They do. Yeah. I, I know. I know I a know. thing or two about that. I know. I, you do. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. I have so many Game of Thrones questions. I'm actually not going to ask you because I feel like we could spend a lot of time on it. And you would probably also make me look bad by knowing more than I do. Although I, I watched the whole thing, but I. You forget, though. You forget. Yeah, who's you, forget. Who, you know, you like forget. you're like, wait, who is that character? Like the guy who a lot of people don't realize this, but like or put it together. The guy who's in The Mandalorian who plays the Mandalorian. Now I have not seen yeah. the Mandalorian. He's oh, the so snake good. guy, Prince, the one who yes. gets, yes, they're the same yeah, from person. Dorn. And a lot yeah. of people don't oh, yeah. put that together. I'm like, oh yeah, I love that actor. I think Pascal, yeah. Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal, yeah. Well, yeah, the whole, it. but but the thing that's funny about that, and we'll move on, we'll move on because we could talk with this forever, <laughs> is that you haven't seen the Mandalorian. One of the key components of the Mandalorian lore is that uh-huh. Mandalorians never take their helmet off. So he never takes it off Wait. except for like one minute of one episode. Yeah. <laughs> but you can hear his voice. You can tell it's him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I should watch that show. I will. It's eventually. fantastic. Even if you don't love Star Wars, it's like a, it's like a amazing Western. And I think it, it's got a $15 million per episode budget. I mean, it, this, the production values are like Game of Thrones style. It's spectacular. Yeah. It, it's yeah. as good as anything you'd see in the theater or on streaming. Um, my, um, just last thing on Mandalorian, I introduced my five-year-old daughter to it and she loves it, Uh, loves it, Yeah, which also says a lot about my parenting. It doesn't say, it says, it says says you're making quality time with your daughter. Quality time, yeah. Yeah. I mean, also baby, baby Yoda, the child, like what kid is not going to like that little creature? That creature is adorable. I, friends of mine, their two-year-old was baby Yoda for Halloween. And yeah, of course it was, it was, it was. Yeah, probably one. I mean, he definitely won all the prizes. <laughs> yeah, I am not surprised. All right. Yeah. So, Kate, what's something that's inside of your comfort zone that might be outside of somebody else's? Um, I would say I feel I feel comfortable um speaking in public or getting in front of a room or presenting. Um, I just kind of have that extrovert energy. Mm-hmm. Um, that I've never been shy from that. Like even in college, like I'd be the one doing the presentation and everybody else would be building the PowerPoint, you know, like <laughs> that's kind of my, you, you know, and I are still so, the same person around that. Yeah. So, and I just, I just was like, all right, cool, let's do this. Um, and I also like, you know, I didn't realize it, but in my job, like I'm meeting with like CEOs and like high level people and I don't get nervous. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, staying with friends and I'd come downstairs and I'd had a huge meeting with like, you know, a big music conglomerate and two CEOs were on the, it it was just like high level people. Um, My friend's like, do you get nervous? And I was like, Oh, I was like, I should, but I don't. (laughs) Um, So I think that's something that I just, and it could also be like Zoom just creates this, you know, false sense of security. Everybody's sitting in their like room or whatever, and you're just right. like being yourself. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm grateful that I kind of can can turn it on. And 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 some people are like, I I could never do that. I yeah, do that. yeah, that make that makes a lot of sense. Um, what about the reverse of it, Kate? So something that is outside of your comfort zone, it's likely going to be inside of somebody else's. Yeah, I thought so to to give that. Um I yeah, that one's a tough one for me. Um because I don't know. I mean, 
I, I just, oh, like accounting people or like people that spend their days like dealing with numbers or money or mm. like, I, it just, my brain wants to turn off like that. Yeah. And that truly is like, I had my own agency. Well, I didn't have my own agency. I consulted and it got to the point where I was so busy that I had to, I either had to like man up and like start my own business or kind of let it go and go back to corporate. And I chose the latter because I was like, I hate finance. I hate billing. I hate accounts receivable. I hate doing expenses. Um, all of those things. Like I want to be the one doing the presentation and like talking about how great we are and like somebody else can do all the other things. So those who do those things, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'm just not, I'm not, that's not, I don't like doing that at all. I, it makes me like, yeah, I, it, it, they're serious. Um, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. So thank you to those who do all the, the financials and all that stuff. Um, I, I just don't enjoy it. You and I are like the exact same person around this question. I'm like the person I'm like, I don't like, I don't like writing and I don't like putting together PowerPoints. I'm like, Hey, can somebody do that? And I'll deliver it. And I also despise, I like, I run my own business. So I like the numbers in terms of like, I like making money. I like, I like having that come in, but then the details of what you do with it after that, I'm like, just no, like, I just know. <laughs> accountant, tell me what you need for my taxes and I'm going to send it to you. And I don't want to even think about it. They'll be like, well, do you want this to be like, I don't care. I'm like, I mean, like I care because it's money, but I'm like, I don't, I don't want to get involved in the details of this. I want you to tell me what you need. And I want to send it to you exactly that way and be done with it. I, I, I'm so to the point I haven't done my taxes yet. Like you just reminded me, I keep making the mental note to call my accountant and he knows I'm going to call him like May 14th or something. You're, <laughs> like, you're, the, you're the, you're the person that like, <laughs> You're the person that accounts for like that. Kate is going to make me work over the weekend. Like, oh. she's, I know it's coming. Um, and he sent me like two emails. Like, come on, Kate, just get me your stuff. I'm like, oh. exactly. anyway, I'm just procrastinator in that world. But like, yeah, and I don't horrible. mind doing, I don't mind doing PowerPoints. I, I do like, I've come to, you know, working in agency world and in and, and sales um, which is like what I effectively do. Like, you know, you have to just get to a point where you're like, okay, I don't like building them per se. Yeah. Right. But once the template's there and it's ready to roll, I I got it. Like, I don't want to go back and forth with some creative person who's going to take 15 hours to put in like some copy. I'm like, I, I can do that. Like, you know, but I don't want to build them. You do this is like, Again, this is exactly, I'm in the exact same place as you. Yeah. So we, so you and I should probably never be on some sort of business partnership where we're the only two people because we'd be like fighting over all the things that we find are fun and be like, oh, and by the way, who's paying for all this? We're like, oh yeah, we should probably know about that. We should, we should get somebody to do that for us then. Yeah, we should probably yeah. hire somebody, Kate. Yeah, mm. we should hire someone because I'm not detail, doing it. Yeah. Details yeah. that might seem, a, we may have missed some details here, but it's going to be a lot of fun and it's it going to look good and it's people going to be blown away by the pitch and then they're going to go like, so can you send us the numbers? And we're like, oh, wait, numbers, oh, wait. right. Hold on. Oh, right. Oh, we're going to get you that. It's coming. That's um, awesome. But yeah, no. And like, it's great. I mean, my boss now, he's just so thorough in everything he does. Oh, that it's so just perfect great. People like I that. can just, yeah. And like, I mean, I'm just like off the cuff, like, let's just go. Like, and he's like, we need our strategy and deal points and all these things. And I'm like, okay, I'll fill in the dots. Like, you know, yeah. but Anyway, I, I, there's a little too much, you know, just go with it kind of attitude yeah. in my life. You yeah. know, you need that balance. So I'm, I'm glad that I have that in my job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so we're talking about speaking mm-hmm. and let's pretend for a moment that I have the power to give you a platform to deliver a five minute speech and everybody in the world gets to hear Kate's message. What is it that you would talk about and what would you want us as the audience to do? In other words, what is your call to action? Oh, well, you're going to like, I, I have to go with what I'm working on right now, which is crazy because, you know, I'm working on this, you know, film about this amazing women and it's about gender equity. And like, you know, this is what I say to people, like either you're a woman or you came out of a woman. Like this is like there's no there's like one degree. So this is something that definitely affects you know 
the entire population of the world. But, um, you know, I By feel the way, like I, climate. Kate, I have to correct you on one thing. It's not what? an or. We all came out of a woman. Oh, right. We all did come. Right. Right. <laughs> you're like right, either right. you can't either you're a woman or you came out of a woman. I'm like, I think all women also came we, out of women. We all came out, but I'm just saying either you're personally a woman or if you yeah. if you're not if you if you're not a woman, you came out of one. That's yeah, where I'm yeah. kind of trying to go with that. But yeah. um I think climate, like there's so many issues out there that are so pressing right now. I mean, clearly like the world is like literally on fire and we're dealing with it. But um you know, speaking to what I know and, and where I found my purpose is, is really focused on, on women and, mm-hmm. and getting a fair, fair, you know, a fair share. Um, it, it is remarkable how, I mean, just how it's, we've never had a woman president. Like, you know, there's just so many things, but it's just like, like, I like to say this is that, um, you know, nobody on this great, like good earth created the patriarchy. It, it was built, it was created. It was here long before we were here. Um, now it's on us to dismantle it because it worked for a very small, um, group, um, at a, in terms of, of the world. Um, and I just, you know, in terms of what we're doing with our campaign and our mission is to make the workplace more equal, fair, and safe for women. And we want to do that by galvanizing for-profits, nonprofits, and individuals to declare demand and do. And essentially, Mm. you know, declaring is saying, yes, it's like being accountable. We see the problem. We know there's a problem, you know, um, demanding is saying we want to fix it. And then it's on you to do what you need to do. If you're a CEO, you know, uh, you know, apply pay transparency, you know, like there's a lot of things you can do. If you're an, if you're an everyday person, well, you know, donate, you know, dresses or, you know, donate clothing to the local shelter. I mean, there's so many ways that people can contribute and help. Um, and I think that, you know, the world will be a better place when more women are in power. I think looking at the response to COVID and the jury's still out, we don't know what was better because there's not enough, you know, time between now and then, but they do say female leaders had better responses, you know, and they just led, I think, with a more empathetic lens than Mm. than male leaders i'm not taking away from males i'm not here to bash males this is a group problem and and so many men have daughters or are married to you know like this is a group problem um but yeah that would be my if i had that soapbox i would speak to that and and hope that people you know understand that this isn't a red or a blue issue this is a human issue and if we can all work together we can make systemic change and that's 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 the platform i'm standing on right now so thanks for giving me that yeah (laughs) well also if only there was like a creative project that would further this message in the world yeah if only what that would be like and perhaps like we have some ideas that we'll share after the very brief commercial break we're going to go on right now we'll be back right after this the talking to cool people podcast is brought to you by jason frizzell coaching Jason works with amazing people who are looking to find and develop their passion and purpose and create their journey to wherever it is they want to go. Check us out at jasonfrizzell.com, Facebook, or on Instagram. Jason loves hearing from anyone who thinks it would be cool to connect, to be coached, or to be a guest on our show. Email him at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com or DM him on Facebook and Instagram. And now, back to some more amazing conversation on talking to cool people. All right, Kate, and we are back. So I have a very, very, very open question for you. Mm-hmm. And based on what you shared about yourself earlier, I think this will actually be in your wheelhouse to, f- to figure something out. What do you want the audience to know about you? Uh, you know, anything I do comes out of wanting to do good. I, I mean, I really, that sounds so cheesy, um, but I really just, I think like if I do bad, like I'll be judged or like if I have a bad thought or if I, you know, like I really try to be a good person. I mean, I just don't be an asshole. I think that should be the cardinal rule in life. Um, and I really try like, and if I, you know, you'll falter, you'll annoy people. Like, of course, like, you know, that's just human nature. It's not everybody's going to like you, but 
I do come from a place of like a good heart. Like that's, that's, that's my thing. I mean, I really, I don't wish ill on anybody. I definitely have had, you know, people that have come and gone in my life and I'm happy to see them gone. Um, but I look at everything as a learning experience and mm-hmm. everything that I have encountered has brought me to where I am now. And I'm grateful for it, whether it was good or bad, it taught me something. So, um, yeah, I really, I just, you know, I want to leave the world better than I found it kind of person. Yeah. So you're a do-gooder, but in the good way, not in like a, not in the way that sometimes that's used. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm not out there like, you know, rah, rah, like, you know, I kind of am because of my job, but, and I never <laughs> like, I never sought this job out. Like, you know, like it, it's, it's very weird that here I am. Um, doing this, but it it was really something that was presented to me, but I'm (laughs) grateful. Like I've always said, when people have asked me what my dream job is, um, I want to be a philanthropist Mm -hmm. because I'll have bucks deluxe. (laughs) I'll be rich, (laughs) which is important, but then I just give my money away to good things. Like that to me is like the best thing ever. Like I, yeah, I would, I, I hope one day I can say, I am a philanthropist and not like just say I'm a philanthropist, like, like be a bucks deluxe philanthropist. Yeah. Like making like money that may, like makes a difference. Not like yeah, I'm a philanthropist. Yeah, and like I give like $50 a year. So I mean, every bit helps of course, but I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like fuck you money. But I mean, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to have that much money. Like even if I had all that much money, like in my past, I, I was the contractor on Louis the 13th cognac, which mm. if you don't know what that is for the audience, it's a spirit that due to its heritage, history, alchemy, legacy, all of the things it is, it sells for a very high price point. Um, but the actual elixir itself, and I have to give this speech because I don't want to, you know, dissuade people from it's a, it's a, it's a very incredible brand. Um, but it retails for anywhere from $3,500 to $30,000 a bottle, depending on what you're getting. And I say, as a marketer on the product, I said, you know, we cater to the 0.1%. And those are people, but it's just that level of money, um, it just is unnecessary to me. Like, I would go into houses um, and turn them into the Louis mansion. And like, I lived in Bel Air for a month. I lived in the Hills for a month. I lived in Miami for a month. I lived in Dallas for a month. I would get these crazy houses. And this one house in Bel Air, I mean, it was, it had three elevators, an indoor outdoor pool, a bowling alley, a theater. I mean, it was just unnecessary, like absolutely (laughs) unnecessary. Yeah. Like it just was like, and I just was like, even if I had this level of money, I wouldn't live in a house like this, you know, like it just is like, it's not necessary. I don't, you know, so anyway, there's my spiel about being a philanthropist. I mean, I want money, but like, I'd love to just give it back, give it away. I have to ask you, Kate, did you sneak in a, a billions reference there a little bit ago? Did I? I don't know. You watch billions. I do. I don't think I snuck it in, but, um, if I think I, you if did. I did. Yeah, maybe. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't because I I watched it like, but it was a while ago. Yeah. So I think it's the first season or maybe the second Bobby, Damian Lewis's character, you know, is a, obviously, you know, he's a lead character for those who don't watch and he's a, he's a hedge fund guy. He's like a, yeah, he's in quite Westport, the Connecticut, which is yeah, where, right. I, where, I, where I grew up. He's quite the asshole. He has a great, one of his best quotes is like, what's the point of having fuck you money if you can't say fuck you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you Which go. I, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. 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 I don't want to be like, you know, who knows? I mean, just for, you know, you just shit costs money, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the core of the episode. Shit. Kate Kelly shit costs money, man. It does. Right. <laughs> um, so it's like, you want it, but you also don't, you know, like there doesn't need to be a level, but you know, who knows? I mean, hopefully this film will do really well and I'll have some, some fuck you money. I, I don't think yeah. that's, that's the place I'll be in, in terms of how I'm associated, but who knows? 
Um, that's a that's a very admirable. Uh, I'm making a film so that I can have fuck you money. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I know you're not. This film is like the antithesis of making. It's like an independent flick. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, this is not meant to be the next um, Marvel Comics thing <laughs> at the box office. You're like this. Wait, but, this movie you're making it's a trilogy, right? It's a, in each in each episode going to be three hours long. Exactly. Released two years apart, like Star Wars, and like each time I mean, it's going to be a million dollar thing. Yeah, I I think that would be a good. Yeah, I think people would want to watch a film. I mean, that's the thing. Making this film has been challenging because yeah. it's written and will be directed by a woman over 60 or over 50. Mm-hmm. It stars a woman, uh, Patricia Clarkson is playing our Lily, which I have to mm-hmm. plug in and be so excited about because yeah, of course. She's, she's amazing. Amazing. And she's so dynamic and she's so well-trained and she's from the South and she's from a political family. Her mother was a New Orleans congresswoman um, and she had to put the phone down and cried when she found out that Patricia was playing the role of Lily. So Wow, really that's um, but anyway, but the film, like, you know, it's it's not a there's no tits and ass, there's no crazy thriller. I mean, there is a car chase scene, but like it's not, it sits in this weird world where our budget is is enough that it's not a small independent, it's got a little budget to it, but I think it's along the lines of what we said a Mandalorian one episode is, you know. <laughs> it's not, but you're not going to attract the big Hollywood investors who are in this to make money and to, to get a 300 million at the box office. Like, you know, those people are investing money to get a serious return on their investment. Then you've got like the small people, like the, like not the small, rather the, the people who are investing in independent films and our, and our budget is 15 million. Um, which isn't a small independent budget. So we sit in this weird world, but we've gotten close to a million dollars in donations um, wow. from people who want this film to be made, which helps us from a producer standpoint, because um, that money is, is does not need to be paid back. You know, so there's a yeah. difference between investing and donating, but we are a set, we have a 501c3 attached to the film. So we have people who are like, I just want to see this film get made here you go. But in terms of the traditional Hollywood, you know, institution, we're kind of bucking around them. Um, and we have a lot of, a lot of investors in the film. Um, but that's just what we had to do to get it, get it done. Um, and we are not quite there. We're almost there. We hope to green light in June, June, but we're on track to shooting will begin in the fall. Um, with hopes to be out on the um, film festival circuit 2022, which is all very, very exciting. Very cool. Well, congratulations on getting it this far. And I have no doubt that you get this film made and I can't wait to see it. I told my wife about it without giving spilling the deets. And she was like, yeah, I would definitely want to see that. Um, Yeah, it'll, it'll, I mean, and the thing is, is Lily herself, a, she's alive, um, you know, and, and one of our biggest objectives with the film and for the social impact campaign is this is inspired by Lily, but this is for all women, um, specifically marginalized women who, you know, are adversely affected by the pay gap. You know, women, mm-hmm. white women are 80 cents and then it goes down from from there based on your race. And so we we want Lily to be our inspiration but she's such a spitfire. I mean, this woman, you know, you have to think about her life in that, you know, she was 60 when she found this out. So she was over 60 years old when she was like, yeah, I'll take on this lawsuit, which was crazy. And, you know, she won the first round and they awarded her like $3.2 million. She didn't ever saw a like cent. Back wages, lost wages. Yeah. Um, damages um, was a lot of it. Um, but anyway, so, you know, so she, she and then when she lost at the Supreme Court level, they didn't get a cent, and neither did her lawyer. And he is very, very, very involved in the story. His name is John Goldfarb, and he took on her case. He was like, "Listen, we'll do this. I'll take this on." And I mean, nine years that case lasted. Um, but beyond the the whole, like you know, her doing this and her doing this for her daughter and her granddaughter. What I love about Lily's story is her love story with her husband. I mean, she was from this like 
small town, Possum Trot, Alabama. You know, she was picking cotton as a young child. I mean, she grew up in poverty. And then she, you know, so when she got married, I, I think she was, she just turned 18 when she got married. I'm married, you know, a town boy, yeah. Charles. And, you know, he didn't want her to work, but she was like, I need to, I need to work. Like if we want to have, if we want to get to a place where I want my children to be. And, and again, she had no, she had no running water in her house when she was born. Um, you know, it required, you know, a dual income. And I think so much, so many people in this world rely on a dual income, you know, to yeah. have the things that you want in life. I mean, again, money, money is necessary. So, um, so that said, he was, he was reticent, but then he embraced it and he didn't get to see the bill signed. Um, he developed cancer towards the end. And it was a really, it's really sad because there's a book, the book is called Grace and Grit, which is what the film is based on it. And I mm -hmm. bawled my eyes out when I read the scene, but she left to go to DC because something important was happening and she had to give a speech or something like that. And, um, she, um, she left and she came back like the same night and she came home and he had, he had passed away, you know? And so he never okay, got to see. Yeah, at home, like he, she found him on the floor in their house, um, which is just so sad because, you know, like, but he loved her and supported her. And like when she told him he was, she wanted to sue, he was like, where should I drive you? Like there was a level of a support and understanding, which I think is so present in the male generation of today in terms of collaborating and helping and, you know, but, um, you know, this was obviously, this was, you know, and it wasn't so long ago. I mean, this was like the late nineties, you know, but I think the dynamic has shifted in, in terms of what in partnerships nowadays versus partnerships before, but he was very, he was very good to her and, 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 and they did have an incredible love story. So it's about that too. I mean, the, She's a dynamic woman, but she goes around, she speaks, she's got this crazy Southern accent. Mm. Um, she's wonderful. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, but you know, she's the inspiration, but the, the campaign is for all women. Yeah. I, I looked, I looked up, um, for the episode, I looked her up. Patricia mm -hmm. Clark is perfect for her. Totally. Yes. You're yes, like, yes. Yeah. You're like, that is not a stretch in a good way. You're like, that makes a lot of sense. Why Patricia Clarkson, Patricia Clarkson. And not to cut you off, but. Patricia Clarkson, you know, she has played so many roles. I mean, she started in, you know, The Untouchables, you know, Shutter Island. Obviously, she just did Sharp Objects. Um, where she, won a, she, won Emmy for, did she won an Emmy? I, can't she, I think she won an Emmy and a Golden Globe. Um, and she's out, she's Phenomenal. Academy. Yeah. I mean, she's won BAFTAs. I, I don't want to say she did Elephant Man on Broadway. I think she was Tony nominated for that. She's, she's amazing. I mean, she went to Yale. She's incredible. But I, what I wanted to say, because I was cutting you off, um, I, she's 61 and this is her first marquee role, like first big starring role at 61, you know, like wow. so to have that as another kind of like part of this puzzle that we're putting together in terms of like giving opportunity to women, um, that is very excited. And we looked for an older woman, um, yeah. you know, we could have, we could have cast a younger woman because we do have to age her up and age her down. It takes place over, I think about 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so Patricia Clarkson, 61 getting her first, you know, and she's obviously had other starring roles, but this yeah. is, you know, this is her, her role to play. And we say yeah. her Oscar to loot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're declaring it right here on the show today. I hope so. No pressure, Patricia. No pressure. It's all good, Patricia. You're good. She's um, I mean, right. but, yeah, what a great, what a great yeah, that's uh awesome. We're excited. Yeah. Well, this is part of the show where you get to ask me something, Kate. And you don't really know me either. So what do you want to know about I me? That I well, I want to talk about Sunny because I too Sunny. have <laughs> a dog um, that I rescued in COVID and I have the best dog story. I think that you will hear for a while about well, my rescue, but yeah, I want to hear gonna, about how you now. got Sunny. And yeah. I also want to hear what compelled you to start your own podcast. Mm -hmm. So. The story of Sunny Rain and Kate is specifically. So Kate, we don't really know each other. Well, we're getting to know each other. 
yeah. we're finding out we're very similar. We are. <laughs> um, the the reason that Kate knows about Sunny is because one of my previous podcast guests, Lauren. It, I'm friends with Lauren and she's we're friends on Instagram and we Sunny has her own Instagram channel Instagram page as well. So that's why you know about Sunny Rain. And Sunny Rain came about because <clears throat> my wife and I, we had a French bulldog. And I, I don't remember if I told you this when we met, but we had a French bulldog and she passed away last October. She passed away on her 12th birthday at home, which was sad and also like really amazing that we got to be with her when she passed away at home. We didn't have to like make a decision to put her to sleep or anything. And it was, it was kind of sudden, like she was, she had cancer, but it wasn't like, we didn't wake up in the morning and be like, Oh, she's on her last legs. And she, something happened that she kind of passed away. Suddenly we don't know what it was. It doesn't really matter. And so I remember saying to my wife, I'm like, are we going to get another dog? And she's like, well, I'd like a break. And I'm like, yeah, we, we could use a break. And I remember saying, must've been like November. And I'm like, I want another dog. And she's like, ah, oh, no, another dog. Cause we just had a baby. Cause that's crazy to have a dog and a puppy or a puppy and a baby at the same time. And I'm like, yeah, but, but is it though? They nah, it's, it's, not. it's not exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Kirsten, when you listen to this, you'll Kate and I are on the same page. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, she's like, well, we should get another French bulldog. I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm like, I love French bulldogs. They're adorable. I love them. I would get another one, but I'm like, we're currently not living in New York city. We have a lot of area for a new dog. I said, I want a golden retriever. And she's like, she's like, why a golden retriever? I said, because we have a baby and golden retrievers are arguably the best dog for babies. Like they're just, they're lovers. They're so sweet. They are they're lovers. so sweet. They're lovers. And I'm like, Hey, should we get a rescue? And I love rescues. And at the same time, I'm like, the problem with a rescue when you have a family of four, especially a newborn is that you don't know what you're going to get. Like you just don't know. Right. Like you don't, also don't know the size. Mm-hmm. which becomes a significant challenge for us. I'm like, so for all those who only, you know, advocate for rescues, like I love rescues. Sunny is, if you saw a picture of Sunny, she is certainly not a rescue. She's a purebred English cream golden retriever from mm-hmm. a breeder. And mm-hmm. so one day I come home and Kirsten's like, Hey, I found a breeder and it's 120 miles or 150 miles from here. And I'm like, okay. And I looked and I saw the picture of her, of her, um, of the dogs. And I was like, wow, these are beautiful. So an English, for those who don't know what an English clean golden retriever is, it looks like it is a golden retriever. It's a plain old golden retriever, but she's almost white. Yeah, they're so And 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 the the coloring in person is even more beautiful. It's not, it's not like brilliant white. It it is like a cream color, but it's just really gorgeous. And I'm like, yes, let's get one of these. So we put down a deposit that night and then we're like, okay, so when do we get this dog? And they're like, well, they're being born at the end of December. And so we got an email that, Hey, the, you know, the, the, um, the mom, the mom had the litter. Her mom's name is uh, Franny, which I think is a very cute name for a golden retriever. And, and then we got an email and they're like, okay. And then you can come get them. Um, She's from Pennsylvania and in Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania, I don't know if this is a state law everywhere, but in Pennsylvania, you cannot get a puppy before they're eight weeks old, which I think is a great law. Yeah. They need to be with their, you know, need to be with their mom. Mm-hmm. And so on Feb 26, she was born December 26th and Feb 26th, my daughter and I drove 150 miles each way and picked her up. And we walk into this place and it was, um, it was a very nice, it was a very nice breeder. Like the people were nice. It's a family run. And when I tell you this, and I know you're a dog owner, there were probably 30 eight week old golden retriever puppies sitting there in this inside this like really nice garage like they were and they were all like super happy the parents were there too the parents look amazing the like, show dogs and i'm like this is kind of like dog heaven if like if you're a dog lover and you like cute puppies this is kind of the place that you want to be and i and the good news is they microchip them and they have yours picked out so you don't have to make a choice because i don't know how you would how would you right. make a choice between 30 golden retriever well, puppies sometimes like the dogs will come to you and it's like oh they choose you but i yeah. With 30 and yeah, I was like, oh my God. Crazy. So there was like four litters were born yeah. or something. Yeah. They had a bunch of litters at once for whatever reason, because they own, they own, I think they own like five girls and three boys or something. But so, yeah, so we walk in and I'm with my daughter who's just turned five and she was like floored, right? Like imagine yeah, being five years old and like, walking in. So awesome. we have all these cute pictures. We have a cute video and yeah, then they handed us Sunny and we'd already named her and 
we're on our way and brought her back and the rest is history. So for anybody listening that likes cute dogs, um, it's sunny rain pup is the Instagram handle. I'll actually throw it in the show notes. And that's that. And the last thing I'll say is my friend Ivy, she, I sent her the video and she's like, she's like, if I was going to die, I would want to die in the middle of that floor, like surrounded by these like puppies (laughs) who are just uh, they're beyond it's beyond adorable. Kate, like the pictures are like, does it get any cuter than this? If you like dogs, like it probably doesn't get much cuter than this. So that's how we got Sunny. She's awesome. She, we got her at the end of February. It's now the early May. She has quadrupled it in size. Yeah. Ex- how big is she now? She's a, I think she's probably about 30 pounds. I don't know. When, when, when we got her home, she was seven pounds and she's got to be at least 30 now. She basically looks like a miniature version of an adult golden retriever. And it is when, because we had our French bulldog, you free, like those you dogs. Yeah. Grow slower. Tiny. They're tiny. Yeah. She was, she was 20 pounds full grown. Like I had forgotten how quickly dogs grow. I'm like, she looks like a puppy, but she looks like an adult, looks like a miniature adult. Now, when we got her, she was like a little, like a little baby puppy and she doesn't look like a baby puppy. So that's sunny rain. She's, she is um, as sweet as her pictures are. She is, her personality is phenomenal. She loves getting rough hugs from the five-year-old. She loves the baby. They're all buddies. They're, you know, like, um, they spend a lot of time in the yard together. She doesn't run, which is phenomenal. Like we train her. She doesn't run off out of the yard with uh-huh. no additional training. So she, we always, we let her out. She does her thing. She's, um, she's just, she's amazing. The only thing she does right now, because she's a golden, she loves water. Yes. So she loves mud. And I'm like, Oh God. Cause she'll be yeah. like sunny and she'll come and she'll just be the bottom row, just be absolutely coated in mud. Cause she's like playing in the water that is muddy. That's the only downside I've got for you. Other than, you know, dogs are expensive and can take them to the vet and all that stuff, but it's part of the deal. It is part of the deal. So, yeah. So that is the first part of my answer. So how did I start the podcast? I think you will appreciate this based on what we talked about, about how you like to do things. In October of 2019, I was on a podcast. It was my first time ever. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to start a podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm like, I'm just going to start a podcast. And I'm like, oh, I should probably know how to start a podcast. I knew nothing about it. So I'm like, I like Google, like, how do you start a podcast and found out there's a thing, there's these podcasting hosting platforms, which are super easy to use. And I'm a technical person. So I'm like, oh, this is easy. So I recorded seven episodes and I didn't know what it was called. I didn't know what the artwork was going to look like. I didn't really know anything about it other than I was going to ask people questions that are still the, pretty much the same questions I asked now, 80 some episodes later. And one of my guests, I was talking to her. She's hilarious, um, very creative. And I'm like, Hey, what would you call this? And she's like, yeah, it's easy. Like talking to cool people. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's it. Cause I had somebody I don't else need to go like, through a whole branding exercise. We got uh, it. We got it. Branding exercise. And I was like, like who's your target market and you know, all that, like, sure. You can do all that. And like, what's the impact you want to make and how are you going to grow it? And I'm like, yeah, I just want to do it. Sounds fun. Yeah, I got to go. I'm like, Hey, I don't know if five people are going to listen to it or 5,000. Like, doesn't really matter to me. No, is this going to replace my income? No. Am I doing it for money? No, I'm just doing it. Cause I love, this is something that I love doing. And so the rest is history. So here we are a year and almost a year and a half later, I've released 70, 79 episodes and I've recorded another, I think I was telling you this, I've recorded another like 13 or 14. You'll be in my 15th episode that I haven't released yet. And my guest list is through the roof. I have no, I have an endless supply of guests at this point. I think mostly just because it's consistent because there's so many podcasts that are like, I'm doing a podcast. And then five episodes later, they're like, never do anything with it again. And it just sits there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's probably a lot like film and television. Like there's all these ideas that don't come to fruition. Like this is something that I actually am wildly consistent about. Comes out every, usually every Wednesday and unless I'm doing something special and I'm keeping it going. There's no reason not to. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. So that's the story of the podcast. I love it. And here we are. Here we are. (laughs) All right, Um, Kate. Well, do you have any, uh, any other things I can answer for you before we move along? No, no, I, I love the dog conversation. And I, it is funny that you bring up like rescue for, cause I rescued. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, I say, I mean, to be completely honest, it's a crapshoot either way. I mean, like you could have a dog that comes from, you know, and they've got 
issues or problems or bite or whatever. I mean, you know, it's kind of like totally. any, anything is a, is a risk, but, um, I, I rescued, so I rescued my dog is Stevie Nicks. Wonderful. Um, who, who did you name her after? I'm just curious. I, I'm, I don't I'm know. Well, Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac was playing when I walked into my apartment because so her backstory is I going into COVID I'm, I'm single. I'm, I'm just getting fired. <laughs> COVID's happening. <laughs> and I'm in my apartment in New York city and lockdown is happening. And it is scary. I mean, it was scary. I, I lived um, between Broadway and Amsterdam and it was basically a throughway to the hospital. So all you were Oof. hearing is just this deafening silence and siren after siren after siren. And then you've got like, you know, Trumpy bear on the, on the thing and, and just all the, you know, and then Cuomo's coming on. I mean, it just was like, and you're just watching the news because there's nothing else you could do. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not doing this for myself. And I had a really hard time finding a dog because you couldn't go anywhere and they do adoption fairs and that's how you rescue dogs. It's kind of, or you go to the like, you know, locations and you couldn't do that. So I reached out to a friend and I was like, oh, he always invites me to like fundraisers. He'll know the people for like, so anyway, he connected me with this incredible rescue, Animal Lighthouse Rescue, which is based out of New York. And they predominantly rescue dogs from Puerto Rico. And mm. there was this dog on their website and she was 12 pounds. She looked like a miniature golden retriever. I mean, the dark hair. And she's so sweet and she didn't bark. She just likes. And so I was like, all right, there she is. I can handle this, you know, because it was like, I was afraid, you know, getting a dog for the first time, you want to make certain that you're making the right decision. And, you know, so anyway, long story short, she had health issues and they couldn't, they didn't feel comfortable giving her to me. So they mm -hmm. sent me a picture of Stevie with her brother who had been found on a dump in Puerto Rico and like, they just look like mangy mutts. And they're like, yeah. how about this one? Do you like her? And I'm like, well, how big is she? Like, what's her temperament like? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, she's on a plane. You know, can we, do you want her? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I gotta be honest with you. Like, I think I want her, but I, this is a big step for me. Can I yeah. foster to, you know, figure it out? And then, so like on Saturday at 8 PM on March, I think 27th, whatever, during the lockdown, they literally handed her to me in the stairwell and it was just love at first sight. Yeah. And she just curled right up and there was no giving her back. And I walked into my apartment and again, Fleetwood Mac was playing. And so that's where her, her name came from. Um, but Stevie is just, just the sweetest. I mean, she's so good with, she stays in the yard too. Um, my friend just had a baby. I was staying with them in Raleigh um, to help because she has two other ones good with kids. Like, but the best part about Stevie's story is, is last year, as I started my nomad trip after I got Stevie, I went and stayed with my sister in Boston and she had independently wanted a dog and Stevie was found with her brother and he had heartworms. And so my sister was like, I want a dog. And I was like, well, you know, let's reach back out to Animal Lighthouse and see what's going on with him. And so Pedro, um, as he was referred to, uh, was the, the king of the like castle at the place. Everybody loved him. Actually, people had wanted to adopt him. And they were like, well, if we can keep them together, you're going to get priorities. So May 26th, after his heartworm treatment was done, my sister adopted Pablo or Pedro, Pablo, Pablo, sorry, Pablo, who is now Seamus. Um, so Seamus and Stevie, like if I say Seamus, she's like, where is he? Um, uh, get to see one another. They're reunited. They have, um, an Instagram adventures of Stevie and Seamus and they are the sweetest dogs. And it's just so funny because we reunited That's these awesome. two pups and they recognized each other at the airport and like, they got all excited. Um, so they're ham. Um, and we're both, we both, we both got COVID rescues, but we're, we're very grateful for them. That's awesome. Uh, dogs are the best. We are dogs are amazing. Yeah. yeah I grew up with I grew up with a dog. My wife grew up with a dog. We, you know, we said we had our French bulldog. It was our starter. We called her we called her our starter kid. Yeah, we had totally. her beforehand. Yeah. That's well, that awesome. was like the weirdest thing. Like when I got Stevie, I'm like, I've never had to actually take care of something other than myself ever. <laughs>
which is like kind of a weird like like thought to have in your late 30s where you're like, oh, well, uh, yeah, I, am I selfish? I don't know. But like, like right. to actually really put something like, you know, obviously, you know, I don't mean to be, you know, but it was just very yeah. weird to be like, OK, this dog takes priority, you know. That's a very Carrie Bradshaw thing to say. Well, you know, I try. Yeah. Great <laughs> Candace Bush now. All right, Kate. What's the thing you're most proud of? Um, I would say my relationships, my friendships, um, my family, you know, like you're nothing in life without the people you're around. And those are the most important things, but just, you know, maintaining, like I'm still very close with a lot of my high school friends and college friends and my work, you know, it's just, you know, I turned 40 and, August and obviously my COVID birthday sucked. Well, it didn't suck. It was actually quite nice. But my sister made a video and she reached out to, and I had like over like 50 people <laughs> send videos in. And I don't say this to like brag or anything, but it just was like so amazing to see so many people like that had touched my life or had been involved in my life in, in a different way and like be able to succinctly see it all in one. So I, I don't have children yet, and I'd love to have them if that's going to be a reality for me. I'm not sure if that will be, but, um, you know, so for now, I'm proud of my friendship, my friendships and my relationships. Nice. Anybody you want to specifically give a shout out to? Um, you know, my parents, I'm one of six kids. I, they, they, they worked hard to give us a very good life and, nice. um, you know, obviously being, I'm back home with my dad who has Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's fleeting. Um, but you know, very great. He's a very good man. So he does it. It's funny. It's not funny, but like, I'll give you just one anecdote about my experience thus far. Um, I came home on Monday morning because, um, I spent the night at a cousin's cause I did whatever. So anyway, long story short, I pull in the driveway and my dad's sitting on a bench um, in our yard and he's got this grin on his face and I'm like, Oh, you know, he recognizes me and I'm like, Oh, Hey dad. And I'm like, where's mom? The car's gone. She doesn't really leave him. And he's like, Oh, he's like, I opened the pool this morning. <laughs> I was like, What'd you do dad? He's like, well, yeah. He's like, it feels nice out. So let's get that pool going. And it's like, it's May 1st or May 3rd in Cape Cod. Like you don't open your pool right now. Like that's yeah. not what you do, but he was just so proud of himself. And like my mom was like, had left because apparently there's this chlorine shortage. And like, we ended up actually closing the pool again. But anyway, she'd gone to corner the market and chlorine tablets. Cause I guess like a factory <laughs> blew up. So like, really? she was, yes, no this is a real thing that happened. Oh and I'm God. like, so anyway, so she's cornered the market in Clorox chlorine tablets. So when we are ready to, to, to do it, but it's funny, like just seeing their dynamic, but you know, yeah. they just celebrated 50 years of marriage in April, mm. six kids. Um, and they're just, you know, they're good people and I'm grateful, you know, they, everybody's human, but you know, yep. there's no, there's no lack of, you know, love. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's something what's something you're afraid might actually be true about you other than other than you hate numbers because I think we you're probably not afraid that that's true about you you know that it's true about you. <laughs> yeah. What do I what am I um That's a hard question because it's really like you've got to self-evaluate um and you know I could give you like I don't, yeah, that question to me is like, it's a hard one. Like, I don't, something that I fear is true. Just to be clear, Kate, the show is just not all puppies and talking about. You I know, know, you're making me self reflect and dig I know, I'm, I'm so sorry that I had to do that um, to you. I, I was recording another episode where I said, this is the part of the show that's pseudo therapy, pseudo coaching without me actually yeah. doing any of those things. So it's not unethical. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would say, you know, it's funny. I, I, I'm, I'm at this place in my life where I'd lived in New York city for 15 years. 
and I love the New York life and I miss my apartment terribly, but I'm afraid. I don't know if I'm cut out for it to go back. Like I haven't Mm -hmm. made the move and I don't know if that's like, do I want to keep my toe there? Do I want to go elsewhere? Like I am in such a, you know, but maybe I'm just not cut out for the New York life. I mean, I did it for 15 years and I, I excelled at it, let me tell you. But <laughs> uh, like, I'm kind of in this where, you know, am I cut out for that still? I don't know. Um, I'm not cut out for the rat race and getting on the subway every day and doing what I was doing before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what it is. I, I'm afraid, you, you know, I'm like in this, like, and I'm also like, I'm not thinking about that until the end of the summer. You know, I kind of have this like buffer to kind of like decide, but I have no idea what I want to do. And people keep asking me, where are you going to live? Are you coming back to New York? Like what's going on? Are you coming back to New York? And, and I just don't have an answer to it, but after experiencing space and walks (laughs) and all the things that you're gifted or you we've been, or I've been gifted in this I don't know if I'm cut out for New York anymore. And I, this is coming from like somebody who like was proud of being a New Yorker, you know, like I got my, you know, I had my last apartment for 10 years. And so, yeah, I, 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 and I wonder, I don't know what the answer to the question is if I am cut out for it or if I'll, you know, kind of dip my toe. I mean, ideally I'd love to be bi-coastal just so I could say I'm (laughs) bi-coastal. You know what allows you to be bi-coastal? What? Fuck you money. Fuck you money. Exactly. <laughs> Always comes back to the fuck you money. Um, so yeah, everybody go see Lillian. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> everybody see it, buy multiple tickets for it. Yeah. Get, um, get, get Kate a place in San Diego or LA and a place in New York and you're good. Yeah. Wherever it is. Yeah. There, there back and forth. Back yeah. and forth. I was all excited because Stevie was 20 pounds. So I was like, oh, I can bring her on flights and have no problem. Flights. flights. She gave yeah. COVID weight too. Oh boy. Oh boy. She's 25 pounds, but I got her and she was like literally a street dog. So this is this, you know, she she does. She deserves a life. She eats rotisserie chicken. That's all she'll eat for a freaking street dog. I don't know. She's got some good taste. She does. Rotisserie chicken's amazing. Yeah. That's I mean, she's just, she's a little diva, but she deserves it. Yeah. There you go. All right. We're going to wrap it up here in a couple minutes. And I have one more, I have one more, I have two more questions for you and one more request. So I'm going to start with the questions. Okay. So Kate, how do you see the world? Oh, I do see it through rosy glasses. Um, I just want to see the good. Um, but I also like understand there's bad, but I, you know, yeah, I, 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 I try to see the good in every situation. Um, and to, you know, build on that. But yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely, um, I'm a half glass, glass, half full kind of gal. That answer does not surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. Even so, let me, let me challenge you a little bit. What if I told you you had to get your taxes to your accountant by five o'clock today? How would you I'd see be, the good in that? I'd be like, Oh, all right. That forced me to do it. And it's done. <laughs> I guess the I one mean, good thing is it would be done. It'd be done. Yeah. All right. This was the forced, you know, like, it's just, yeah, that, that, that's how I would look at it. I, you know, you just try to see the, I try to see the good in everyone and in every situation and not all, not all things are good, but you mm-hmm. know, but you know, that's, that's how I try to live my life, you know? Nice. All right. So everything we're about to talk about is going to go in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And the question is usually how can we find you? But I think the other question is how can we learn more about the film? Okay. Um, you can learn more about the film at lilymovie.com. Lily spelled with two L's, so L-I-L-L-Y movie.com. Um, and me, um, I love the number 12. So Kate Kelly 12 is where you can find me on Instagram and then Kate Kelly on LinkedIn, all the things. Um, what, what is it about n- number 12? Is that, Are you a Tom Brady fan or something? Well, yes, but that came after my love for 12. I was born really? on the 12th. Um, oh, you were? I was born on the 12th. I am I am a Tom Brady fan. Let me just tell you. It you are KK-12. Let's be clear. You got TB-12 and KK-12. 
Exactly. And yeah. yeah, Tom Brady. I mean, that's just like excellence personified. I mean, I know how many people hate to hate him, but now like he's gone to the Bucks, and people are like, now I can root for him. But really yeah. watching him, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. That's what it was like to be a Patriots fan for 20 years. You know, <laughs> like the man is is truly like, yeah. But so I was excited when he had the same number I had. But that was my like, number in like for soccer and stuff was 12. Yeah. Yeah, two of the greatest athletes ever to ever to play in the Boston area. I mean, I yeah, 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 yeah. I get you. I mean, my soccer team did win states when I sat on the bench as a freshman, but I was on the varsity team. That's um, not the way you tell a good story. <laughs> it's true. Hey, I was well, there in moral support. I mean, at least I was on the varsity team. That team was insane. It was all juniors and seniors who were on the field, but I got to learn a lot. Um, can I, can I give you a little storytelling tip that you just did the story tell the story is I was number 12 in my soccer team and we won the state championship end of story. Yeah, it's true, but I, <laughs> nobody needs yes. to know that maybe we weren't out there every minute of every game. It does that. That part doesn't matter. You were there. I know. Were I, know. The I was there. I got the jacket. Have you learned um, nothing from, have you learned nothing from politics that it doesn't really matter about the details? I know. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to be that person where if like somebody's listening, they're like, she wasn't even on the field. <laughs> I would I would laugh so hard if somebody listened to this podcast and like attacked you because you didn't factually tell about your <laughs> high school soccer team. That'd be I'd be like, that person needs something else to do with their time. They do. <laughs> they do. Um, yeah. So uh those are the places you can find me. Nice. And gallivanting around the Cape for the summer. For the Cape for the summer in the pool when it's open again. In the pool when it's open. Yes, exactly. All right, Kate. Well, it has been a blast getting to know you. And as I always like to do with all my guests, words of wisdom. So what do you got for us? Let it all happen. Let Let it it all happen. That is my my mantra in life. The good, the bad, the ugly. It all happens for a reason. Pay attention and the bad will turn into good and the good will turn into bad, but you got to let it all happen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kate. Best of luck as you move from pre-production into production, into post-production. Thank you. you. uh, My invitation to you is to have you back on when you're ready to talk more about like the process. I'd love to hear how the process was for you since it's the first time for you doing this. I'd love to hear about the process here, hear about the film, yeah. all that good stuff. So it'd be really I fun to have you back. I love that all. And hopefully, you know, a year from now, we'll be, you know, going to Cannes or something like that to premiere the film. I mean, a girl can hope, you know, but hope that could happen. So TV 12 crossed. can go to Tampa and win a Super Bowl. KK 12 can do anything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's Thank so you so funny. much, Kate. Bye. Just good bye. to see you. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too. Goodbye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Talking to Cool People with Jason Frizzell. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and give us a shout out or take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. If something from today's episode piqued your interest and you'd like to connect, email us at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com. We love hearing from our listeners because you're cool people too.